Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 60. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, a common theme you hear at Entrepreneur on Fire is listen to your audience. Well, I've been listening, and I am excited to announce the launch of podplatform.com. We have received an incredible amount of feedback from entrepreneurs who want to start their own podcast, but have no idea where to begin. With podcasting, recording your audio is as easy as clicking a red button, but the tough part is what comes after. Think of Pod Platform as a turnkey solution to podcasting. You simply record your audio, send my team your MP3, and we do the rest. It's that simple. Entrepreneur on Fire is generating 100,000 downloads a month in over 100 countries. Think of what that could do for you in your business. Go to www.podplatform.com to find out more. Okay, let's get started. Fire Nation, we have something different lined up for you today. For the first time ever, I have two guests on the line. So we're on a three way conference call. I'm really excited. We have Jason Brown and David Waxman. Jason, David, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, we are. Let's do it. All right. Awesome, guys. Glad to hear it. Vitabands was created by David Waxman and Jason Brown back in 2007 and was launched in September of 2009. The idea was conceived from medical ID bracelets, but the designers had targeted athletes. So they set out to design a medical ID bracelet that was comfortable to wear while running, cycling, hiking, along with being versatile enough to use during any exercise. Hey guys, I've given Fire Nation a little overview, but why don't you take it from here and tell us exactly who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm uh, David Waxman. I'm one of the co-founders uh, of Vita, uh, along with Jason Brown. And uh, I think you did a great job of, of, of summing up what our business is. And, uh, and let me also say thank you for having us on today. Yeah, your show is fantastic and uh, definitely enjoy listening to it. Really what Vita is, is it started off as a one-off product to provide athletes with a easier and safer way to go out and run, bike, jog, etc. And it's morphed from that into really a platform of health records that can integrate into into any wearable product as well as a payment device that can integrate into any wearable product. And we can sort of talk about that later on uh, of how we made this pivot and transition into that uh, business of going from a one-off product to a platform. I really look forward to delving into that process and really getting behind what your guys' thought process was in creating exactly what you have right now. But before we launch into that, let's go to our first topic, which is our success quote, because Entrepreneur on Fire, it's all about getting the motivational ball rolling. And I know that you guys have a great success quote for us, so I'm not sure who's going to deliver it, but go for it. Dave, go ahead. Sure. I I think uh, you can't sprint a marathon uh, for us. Uh, That's really been our mantra of just staying the course, pivoting when needed, but just showing up every day to come and play and uh, ensure that we're going to achieve success. I can't honestly say that I've ever run a marathon. I have run a half marathon. My first time actually was this summer. And I'll tell you, you definitely can't even sprint a half marathon. So that, uh, that quote rings true with me and it rings true with every entrepreneur that I've spoken to. It's really about being able to be there, persistent, diligent, and just work hard. 
So can you guys give Fire Nation an example of how you've actually applied this quote to your mentality, to your business? Yeah, this is Jason. And uh, let me just jump in here. I mean, again, as you said, and I think the, the marathon and half marathon are, are very similar, but pacing is everything. I think when Dave and I started this business, we really thought that it would be something that we could do really quickly and jump into it and get a product to market. And what we found was that it wasn't as simple as that. Our, the, the essential components of our business, the payments and the identification side of our business were both complex uh, pieces and it took a lot of time and it took a lot of energy and a lot of effort to both create them, to find a way for them to integrate and work uh, synergistically. And so it, it was one of those things where, you know, it wasn't a day, it wasn't a week, it wasn't a month. It was having that, 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 um, that vision and the commitment to sort of keep going every day to deal with the minor setbacks and, and the minor successes and bring a product that was basically never that didn't exist prior to our creating it to market. Absolutely. And just like a hundred yard sprint, it can be about the finish line. That's all that these Olympic athletes seem to focus on. And that's very understandable. But when it comes to a marathon, it is about the journey because if you just have the destination in mind, you're never going to get there because that destination is so far. And when it really comes down to it, is it really worth it if you're just focused on the destination? Because this is life and this is about enjoying what we're doing day to day. And you really, at that moment, need to just sit back and appreciate the journey and the accomplishments that you're making on a day-to-day basis. Guys, let's use that to transition now to our next topic, which is failure. At Entrepreneur on Fire, we really talk about your journey as entrepreneurs. We spotlight you two today and we talk about your story and every entrepreneur's story has failure, has challenges or obstacles that you need to overcome. David or Jason, can one of you guys go back to some point in your journey when you really came across an extremely difficult challenge that you either had to pivot or just take head on and overcome? Sure, this is David. I, I think I think one of the, the, the to sort of take a step back here. Uh, I mean, I think everyone who's an entrepreneur has has certainly faced failure um, at some point in, in their careers, and I can speak for myself. Certainly, have have had my share. Um, I think one of the, the the things or obstacles or challenges for me personally uh, as a co-founder and CEO of this company is really being more present, slowing down, appreciating the journey as you spoke about uh, in the previous question. Uh, and it's something that's a work in progress, but it's something that as I really look at at, at how I approach this, it, it's sort of the one recurring theme that, um, you know, you can't multitask. It's, 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 it's kind of a myth. And uh, you really have to do one thing at a time and do it really well. So I think for, for, instead of speaking about specific business failure, I see more of just sort of this challenge or obstacle that I face being this, this desire to be more present. Uh, with the pull of trying to multitask and do two, 10 things at once. I love that. That's such a great abstract failure that or challenge that entrepreneurs do face on a day-to-day basis. Let's take it down to the ground level, though. This is about your journey. Let's go into your journeys as entrepreneurs, David and Jason. What was a major challenge that you guys faced at some point? Sure, I think I think I think for us, one of the real challenges to getting this product to market, frankly, was uh, 
operating in what is probably the most highly regulated business anywhere, and that is the payment space. Uh, you have a bank partner as well as a network, uh, be it Visa, MasterCard, etc. cetera. Uh, and we were proposing a product that didn't exist. It was not a traditional MagStripe credit card. It was a wearable payment product that despite the fact that the CEOs of the networks and the major banks always talk about this blue sky vision of wearable payment products, the soldiers who were to implement it didn't get it. So, you know, we're at a place where we've made contractual obligations to bring a product to market to, to partners and you have the payment networks not getting it and not giving us the green light to go ahead. Um, and, you know, we, we spoke internally and we talked to one of our board members who said, go read the visa operating regulations, the entire document, and see anywhere if it says you can't do what you want to do. So Jason and I sat down, read thousands of pages, and found that we not only that we could do what we wanted to do, there was language that said we could. Presented it to the folks, uh, the powers that be, and lo and behold, pretty quickly thereafter, we got our green light. Um, so it was, it was a moment of utter fear, followed by, you know, being extraordinarily excited that we found a solution and basically used their own document um, to against, against them in a good way. I love it. And I'm a little surprised when I'm hearing you talk about your story that you even had as much pushback as you guys did only because I just know that I read so much about finance and I used to be in finance um, in a prior career as well. So I'm really in attuned with all of this. And it's just a psychology of, for instance, having a credit card and using that credit card in lieu of cash. That was a big step for consumers because all of a sudden you were kind of taking away that thing of you actually handing over hard-earned green dollar bills for an object. You were just kind of giving somebody a piece of plastic and then they were giving it back to you. So psychologically, it was almost like you weren't paying for anything. And it seems like Vita is even taking that to the next level which I feel like would be very exciting for companies like a Visa or a MasterCard. Did they give you any feedback along those lines? I think that the, the challenge, again, in these big companies is they're, they're so massive and the people's roles are so specific that uh, a lot of the people, except at the very, very high levels, are scared to kind of go out on the ledge and do something that may be different. Um, and while there was excitement and people, people liked the product, I think there was also trepidation in the fact that this this was a a big sea change from you know even just paying with your debit card, which obviously in recent years has become the trend. I mean, cash is definitely going away, um, but I think we were still being seen as trailblazers and doing something that they just couldn't quite get their heads around. Conversely, though, I would say that, and and I, I wholeheartedly agree with Dave as we lived through that experience. But we also saw and found some people that um, were real visionaries in, this, in the payment space and partnered with um, individuals at major banking institutions that were incredibly supportive and saw, saw the same vision that we saw and were able to help us to really create a, um, a case study that proved that this could work and that people could use this payment uh, mechanism and device in a way that would simplify their lives, which is basically what we started out to do. So, you know, we found people at um, at U.S. Bank that really saw this as a great opportunity and as a and and helped us to really bring this thing to market. I'm really glad to hear that because. That's one of the major reasons why I love talking to people like yourself. 
You guys are true visionaries. You're tackling fear head on. You're going out there. You're making the world a better place by creating these amazing products and services. And I just commend you for that. And I love it. And having been in corporate America myself, I can hear you so clearly when you're speaking to people having such rigid roles. And I think you just phrased it so perfectly when you said they were scared to kind of go out on a ledge and take a risk because there was really no benefit for them to take a risk because they weren't going to see any profit or promotion because of it. There was only negatives for them because that's how the corporations are often set up. And it just takes me back to when I'm reading all these biographies of different founders and stuff. And they talk about how when you walk into Google, everything is just open and there's whiteboards everywhere. It's an open plan and everybody gets 20%. They have to dedicate to something of their own passions. And then you walk into Microsoft and everything's a dark cubicle. Everybody's by themselves just coding all day. And you see the results of the two companies and what they create. And it's just really exciting to see those two sides and to see kind of where we're going as entrepreneurs today. So I commend you guys for that. Thank you for sharing that insight. What would you say a major lesson that you pulled out of that challenge was? I think Jason hit, hit the nail on the head when he spoke of U.S. Bank. We, we had uh, the opportunity to meet an extraordinarily senior person at U.S. Bank at a conference uh, through one of our advisors. And basically, after a five-minute conversation with us, she said, this is fantastic. I want to do something with you guys. Email me uh, when I'm back in the office on you know two days later, uh, which we did. And she got right back to us literally in a minute. And we started working together on a project. So I think the, the takeaway was go into the top and get buy-in from someone who's going to be your shepherd, who's going to fight for you, and is going to push for it to happen. And I think that was just proof positive that, that that's the way to go. It's a great takeaway. And it just goes back to persistence. You just can't take the first no or the first answer. You really got to keep pushing. You're going to find that person, that compatriot that's going to take up arms with you and go forward into battle. And that's just a little military uh, analogy. Yep. I, was, I was an <laughs> officer back in the day, so every now and then I slip back there. So I, I apologize. But No, please. We like those. Let's go um, to the next topic. It's the other end of the spectrum now. And this is the aha moment, you guys. I mean, you guys are such innovators that I know you have these moments every single day on small levels that just propel you to the next level and improve your businesses in many different ways and on many different platforms. But can you take us back to some point in your journey when you actually had that big aha moment when you're like, wow, this is what we want to create. Can you actually take us down to the ground level? We want to be there with you at that moment. Every entrepreneur has a different experience to how their businesses evolve and you know the, the path that, and that they take through that the evolution. Uh, speaking for myself, I'm not so sure that there's ever so much of a you know this like you know big bang theory where it's like aha it just happens. But I will say that what I've found is you have sort of these these pieces of ideas or concepts that sort of sit independent of themselves, compartmentalized, and you then, you know, when you can find a way to connect them, that's when it sort of goes off and it happens. And it's not this huge, you know, explosion as much as it's like, okay, you know, this makes a lot of sense and let's go forward. And speaking specifically with Vita, the idea was basically, I, I went out for a run one morning and, you know, was nearly hit by a car and jogged home thinking yeah. and nobody knew where I was. I hadn't left word what I was yeah, doing. Yeah. 
And I jogged home thinking, man, this is pretty scary. I, I better look for a solution for this. I got back to my place. I searched around, didn't really see a great solution and called up my friend Dave, who I'd been working on another project with and said, hey, I think I have an idea here. Independent of what I was thinking, Dave had, had always had an interest in the, in the banking and payments space and was kind of looking for something there. And when we started to look at this thing, we said, okay, well, there's, there's solutions there for identification. There's obviously solutions for payments, but independent of them, they're not that great. Put the two together and you have something really special. And I think that's where it was, was the two of us kind of having our own independent ideas and saying, oh, well, wait a minute, maybe this makes sense to connect together in some way. How can we do this? And once we started the ball rolling with that, it was just like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. There's nothing else that exists like this. This is something special. You know, let's keep rolling. I love that. And I always get different answers from every entrepreneur on that question. For some, it is truly a lightning bolt that comes and it just hits them. The clouds part, the sun is shining, and this light bulb goes on. And it's this huge aha moment. And then they take strong action after it. And for other people... It's just a bunch of small things that just kind of propel them forward. A lot of small aha moments that kind of add up to the one big creation that you now have. Would you put yourself in that latter category? Absolutely. So have you had an I've made it moment yet? <laughs> Dave, go ahead. I'll start with this one. I think, you know, tying back to what, to what I said earlier about, you know, being present for me specifically. And I, and I think for Jason as well, I can speak for him. We're very competitive guys. We're, we're always looking to the next thing. And I think it's a very challenging for us to savor a win of any sort because we're always looking to do more and bigger in the next thing. And it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. It's definitely an obstacle. It's something that we both need to sort of be appreciative of putting points on the board. Um, so I, I think if you ask the question flat out, have, have I made it moment? Both of us would probably say no um, because we have pretty grand visions for what we want to do here. I love that analogy. I've actually never heard of it, but I was also a basketball player back in the day. So putting points on the scoreboard, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that one, write it down and, and refer back to it because it just makes so much sense. You're right. You need some kind of tracking system that you're really looking and appreciating the achievements that you have made so far because you guys have come so far. And I know you have so much further to go, but it is about the journey. And you guys have a great journey behind you. You have a great journey ahead of you. And this is your life. So, I mean, this is about enjoying the journey. So, I'm really glad that you guys do do that. You take note of the points that you scored, but then you're also continuously having these high goals and standards to drive you forward. So, let's move forward now into your current business. We've brushed over pretty briefly exactly what it is that you have created. It's not a complex product, but I would like to just really explain it to Fire Nation so they can really wrap their heads around exactly what you guys have created here. So why don't you just take it from here and just give us exactly your elevator pitch about Vita? Sure. Uh, I think at a high level, what Vita is, is a technology platform that can be integrated um, into any wearable product that enable that product to be either a payment device, a link to an electronic health record, or a combination of both. So we look at ourselves as like an Intel inside or a Dolby Digital. Uh, we make existing consumer products better, 
uh, and add more functionality to them. So in the market today, we have a uh, silicone wristband in partnership with Nathan Sports. That's payments and identification on your wrist, really going after the, the hardcore athlete. Um, we have a line of watches in the market that are payment-only devices with a company called Time that makes really fun fashion-forward watches. Um, and basically, it's money and I, it's, it's, I, it's money on your wrist. Uh, and you know what really excites us right now is the prospect of basically enabling any wearable product to be an electronic health record. We think that there's a massive amount of opportunity in that space um, to be successful, uh, to solve a, con- a consumer pain point, uh, and to do it in a way that, that, that's simple, elegant, and can get into market rather quickly. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, I know that I'm preaching to the choir here, but just as you're briefly talking about these things, so many obvious things are popping into my mind. Like on my veteran's health card, I have my social security number printed right on it. Now, (laughs) that's just a card in my wallet, which I seem to lose at least once a year. Not great. I mean, that's just an example of, you know, one thing that pops into my mind. And another thing that pops into my mind, again, just having come you know, from the military service, have you guys approached the military in any parts? And the reason why I ask that is because I'm picturing when I was deployed to Iraq, uh, we had a lot of situations where, you know, we were just carrying around our identification in dog tags, which are not that current. I mean, the people were doing the exact same things back in World War One and even before that. Have you approached the military with this kind of idea for them? We, we think the military market is is just an unbelievable market. We know that, um, for instance, uh, soldiers are writing their blood type on their boots. Uh, we know there's a massive opportunity there. Uh, we, we have spoken to and are speaking to companies that sell product to the military. Obviously, it's a longer sales cycle because of the government aspect. Um, but we, we agree with you that market is, is, is so ripe for a solution like this that can really, frankly, make soldiers safer. So that's something that we, we, we strongly support. And then take it a step further, when they come home uh, and need health care, uh, this is a, another great solution to tie into to the VA. I, I see amazing potential there. And I definitely wish you guys the best luck in that venture because I know that it would be an amazing benefit for myself. So it's coming from the horse's mouth. So um, good luck with that. Thank you. Guys, you have a lot of great things going on right now. Let's just nail down one thing right now that's really exciting you about Vita. Just one thing. There's so many, but just one thing. I think, uh, Jason, feel free to chime in afterwards. I think for us, uh, it's going to go back again to, to the health records piece and us looking at the workplace um, market, um, manual labor, and being able to turn everyday uh, gear that people wear on a construction site or in a warehouse or what have you into something that links to their health record. Uh, very dangerous jobs, um, situations where you probably don't know your coworkers are allergic to something or who their emergency contact is, and obviously a massive market. And we think that one is something that we're quite excited about and that we're, we're putting a lot of focus on right now. You know, when, you, when we started off doing this, you sort of have this like tunnel vision of the consumer that you're trying to approach and the target that you're trying to sell to and just starting to see that an idea and something that you've built is applicable across so many different market verticals and so many different consumers and finding ways to reach them. It's just incredibly exciting. There is just a massive market out there for you guys. And that's the exciting thing. I just watched this video. I would 
so recommend you guys Googling this video or just going to YouTube and searching for it afterwards because it's so funny. And anybody who's listening, no matter when you're listening, this will still be one of the higher ranked videos in YouTube for entrepreneurs. And it's stuff entrepreneurs say. Huh. And again, that word stuff is not exactly stuff, but you get my idea if you, if yep. you type that in. And Grasshopper created it and they don't have any advertising in it whatsoever. There's no advertising except for the end. It just says buy Grasshopper, which is brilliant because the movie's gone viral because it's so hysterical. So it's getting seen by millions and millions of people over the course of just every single month. And it just goes through everything that entrepreneurs say. And it's just so many commonalities about what we're talking about right now. It's hysterical. Have either one of you guys seen that movie? No, it sounds... I've seen some of the other funny ones, stuff people say, but not this one. Oh, stuff entrepreneurs say. So funny. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, guys, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round, and this is where I provide you with a series of questions, and you come back with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Great. So again, this is the first time I've had two guests on the show, which is honestly worked out phenomenal. So thank you guys for showing me that this is something that I can do multiple times in the future. I look forward to it. Let's just say this question isn't going to go out to both of you guys. We'll have Jason answer first and then David answer second, just to keep the flow going. What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I would actually tell you that there wasn't anything that ever held me back. I uh, I started out uh, with the lemonade stand, worked my way up to the uh, ski, ski tuning business, uh, and haven't ever really looked back since. I, uh, I mean, there's always fear, but honestly, it's always been in my blood, and it's something that I really haven't given too much thought to. I've just gone out and done it, and you know that may sound a little bit crazy, but it's the honest truth. I would say the same thing as Jason. I mean, I had a car wash business with my brother, uh, all sorts of other businesses, uh, you know, in college and, and before. And, you know, I had a corporate job for about four months out of college to just see if it was for me. And it was, frankly, the best job I ever had because it told me I had no interest in being in the corporate world. And from that time on, um, have, have done nothing but, uh, but work for myself. That's great. I love that answer. What's the best business advice you ever received? Don't sweat the little stuff. I, uh, I I think so often when you are trying to take something, an idea, and turn it into something, you can get bogged down by so many little details. And you you know you, you it's almost like it's just this negative weight that hangs around your neck. Oh my God, I got to do this. 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 And really, my I have to credit my dad with this. You know, he was like, listen, just don't sweat the little stuff, you know, put your head down, keep focused on your vision and it all sort of works out. And, you know, that for me, it's, it's, it's always worked. It's simple. And, um, I just, I find it to be really, uh, invaluable. That's great stuff. So what is something that's working for you or your business right now, Jason? Well, Having followed that up with don't sweat the details, I think um, something that's really working for me is is making sure that I'm aware of all the details and really trying to get a better sense and handle on the organization of all the different pieces that you need to, to be on top of to make a business run properly. And I think there's um, there's some 
techniques that I've started to implement in the way that I approach my days every single day that are uniform and specific and trying to make that um, make myself more organized and more efficient that is just something that on a personal level has improved what I do and and how and the confidence I feel in doing my job and you know those that these techniques are something that you know, I, I it's it's new to me and it's working. So I feel like it's been uh, it's been really helpful. Uh, for me, I, I think there's. I'll give an example of both. For me personally, uh, it's somewhat dovetails with what Jason says. I've been working with a uh, executive coach for for a couple of years now, and I've you know really started to to, to bear the fruit of that work. Uh, obviously, recognizing things that are obstacles, uh, really creating a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for a. Um, you know, a set regimen almost each day. I think again, it's, it's what Jason spoke to, uh, and it just it just makes it just makes me a better leader and uh, more centered and grounded. I think if you look at our business and what's working, I think it's again tying back to what we're most excited about, um, which is you know this very simple to explain, simple to implement value proposition uh, of turning any device into a electronic health record. It solves a pain point. And it's in a market with a lot of growth. Um, and it, it's something you literally can explain to someone in 20 seconds. And I, and I think that's, that's pretty exciting. I love that answer, Renz. It is so common to hear that these successful entrepreneurs, such as yourselves, have coaches. And it just speaks volumes to how important it is to have somebody who's continuously monitoring, pushing, and encouraging you to become better. The lesson to learn here is invest in yourself. Obviously, Fire Nation, you guys are potentially just starting out, but it's so important to invest in yourself to get to that level that you want to be at. So start with yourself and then move forward from there. Thank you guys for that. Jason, what is your favorite book? Well, I wouldn't say it's a favorite book, but I will say most people tend to think about what they're reading as you know something that's applicable to their, to their business, their job. And what I try and do is, while I do read a lot of books about business, I try and read a lot of stuff outside of it. And the book that is is most moving to me right now is by is by an author that I had never heard of, and I think is grossly underappreciated. His name is Don Winslow, and this, the book is called The Power of the Dog. It is just an incredible read. David, do you have a business book for us? Sure. Um- Long Tail, obviously a huge fan of that book, uh, as is Jason, and uh, Compound Effect uh, by Darren Hardy is another really uh, interesting book that my, my coach got me reading that uh, the most part is, uh, is pretty applicable. Awesome. That's, those are three books that we have never had recommended on Entrepreneur on Fire, so I love that. So guys, this last question is my favorite, but it's kind of a tricky one, so take your time, digest it before you come back with an answer. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still had all of the experience, money, and knowledge that you currently have right now, but your business had completely disappeared, leaving you with a clean slate, which is essentially where most of the listeners find themselves right now, what would you do in the next seven days? Uh, I'm going to take this one first. This is David. I think that's, that would be a really compelling uh, problem to have. I mean, I think if you're, if you're saying that you don't need to worry about your near-term needs, I'd pull out my list of business ideas that I've kind of set aside and pick one and, and start What's to What's one of those it. ideas, David? I don't know if it's necessarily one who uh, <laughs> want to share it, 
with the general public. But uh, you know, it, it, it's an app uh, that deals with a, a common problem that every single person in the basically in the world deals with, and, and a way to solve it in, in a pretty elegant way. Um, and uh, it, it would actually be a really exciting proposition to uh, to be able to start uh, new with a fresh idea. Does it have to do with a snooze button on an alarm clock? <laughs> <laughs> Someone got that already? Uh, no, no. That's just that's just a common problem that I seem to have every morning. So. And I'll say the other side of it, I'll do something a little bit more practical. I'd say, you know, the one thing that I've learned is, you know, the network is everything. And, um, you know, being able to, your network, your, you know, your, 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 your LinkedIn base, your, the people that you know, I mean, again, if, if I had nothing going on and everything was erased and, but I had to start all over, you know, it's, it's just digging back into all these people that I've met, all these people that have assisted us, all these people that we come in contact with and, and starting to, to revive that resource. I mean, that to me, you know, you can be a smart guy, you can be a wealthy guy, you can be, uh, you can have a lot of things in your favor, but without that network, you you really are in trouble and using it to the you, to the best of your abilities is something that I think is really powerful and 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 really can give you a leg up on all the other competition that's out there. I couldn't agree with you more. And guys, Jason, David, you have given us some great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. David, why don't you kick this one off? You know, I think I like to use the poker analogy a lot internally, and I think you know, business and, and life's really a lot like that. And just being patient, methodical, strategic, persistent, and waiting for you, for that hand to come. And, and when that winning hand comes, you know, go all in and, and hit it hard. Uh, but you know, be patient and know it's going to take time uh, to, to 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 achieve that. My piece of advice was don't don't will be don't be afraid of success. I think oftentimes people sit there and are in fear of failure, but they also are not really prepared for success or are worried that what would happen if they get it. My, my big piece of advice is don't be afraid of success. That is so true. And there's a great book that hits on that. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker really delves into the psychology of being afraid of success and afraid of financial success. It's a very interesting read. So guys, give yourself a plug. Sure. Uh, you know we're, we're you know obviously we're Vita products and we're looking to make consumer uh, products better and we'd love to integrate into any type of wearable consumer or, or not just consumer products you know products for the workplace uh, where there would be a need for electronic health health records and or uh, cashless payment. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Perfect and hey. General Shinseki, if, if he's still in, in office or whatever and he's listening, why don't you contact these guys and uh, <laughs> get integrated into the military? This is something we need. This is coming from a soldier who's been uh, deployed. We need this kind of technology uh, with every soldier because absolutely could save lives and will save lives if implemented for a number of reasons. So, Jason, David, thank you on behalf of Fire Nation. We salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Fire Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. Are you interested in learning five ways to make $500 this month? How about five productivity tips that will help you today? Well, that and more is my free gift to you when you go to eofire.com 
and subscribe to Fire Nation. Lastly, for that entrepreneur ready to take it to the next level, visit ignitemastermind.com, join our elite mastermind community, and watch your business or business idea explode. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.